Hello, I'm your host, Leonard Duncan. Welcome to a new episode of ATV Talk and Motorsports Podcast. Please join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We bring you interviews with industry professionals, live events, live news about the motorsports industry in every episode. Enjoy the show. Whether we are out riding with our friends and family or racing in extreme environments, we all need good tires. That's why I recommend GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Greenball Corp. Their products, which include XC Master, Mini Master, and Groundbuster 3, are what leading professionals in the ATV UTV industry are using. You can get your tires at greenballtires.com or find them on Instagram as GBC Tires for further inquiries. Are you looking for the best suspension technology for your sport ATV? Look no further than Elka Suspension, the industry leader in sport ATV suspension technology. With championship wins in prestigious events such as the Dakar Rally, Score, Best in the Desert, ATV MX, Cross Country, and Works, Elka Suspension has established itself as the go-to choice for athletes and enthusiasts alike. But they don't just stop at ATVs. They're constantly expanding into new markets, including UTVs, trucks, SUVs, pit bikes, snowmobiles, and more. Their commitment to innovation and quality means they're always looking to improve and adapt so you can enjoy a smooth ride wherever you go. Want to learn more about what Elka Suspension can do for you? Visit their website at elkasuspension.com or give them a call at 450-655-4855. They will always be happy to answer your questions and help you find the perfect suspension solution for your needs. Welcome to DBR Racing Products the leader in 3D modeling and innovations. Since 2015, they have been revolutionizing the industry, starting with their groundbreaking YFZ450R battery boxes. But they didn't stop there. They have continued to push the boundaries, constantly improving their design with each new version. In 2018, they introduced the game-changing Vortex EXO cage specifically designed to securely hold the Vortex ECU in a safe and sturdy location. This breakthrough innovation ensures your ECU stays protected even in the toughest racing conditions. At DBR, they understand that every detail matters. That's why they also offer an array of essential products to enhance your racing experience. Their spark plug hold downs keep your engine firing at peak performance while their LTR breather boxes ensure optimal ventilation for your machine. Their LT250 engine skid plates are a must have for those seeking unmatched protection. Engineered to shield your engine from impacts and rough terrain, they provide the ultimate defense for your ATV. But that's not all, they've developed ProPeg mounts that allow you to use TRX450R Nerf bars, giving you greater control and maneuverability on the track. To explore their full range of innovative products and learn more about DBR Racing, visit their website at www.dbratv.com. You can also reach them directly at 507-828-1233. Their knowledgeable team is ready to assist you with any questions or inquiries. DBR Racing Products, where innovation meets performance, unleash the power within you. Logan Huff, welcome back to ATV Talk, man. It's been a while. Thanks, Lenny. Yeah, stoked to be on here again, man. It's been a little bit. Yeah, you've been all over. You've had a lot of things happen. Hey, one of my questions, though, before we get rolling, on 423, are you getting my messages? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. We <laughs> yeah. We got a little significance there with uh you know the, your grandson and uh my injury <laughs> record right? injury record, I should say. Right. 
you know yeah, we're good though hey it's a, this year was good i can't remember what i was doing on 423 but i think i went and rode just like you know just because like just out of principle you know <laughs> i told you to step <laughs> home oh no <laughs> i every you know what every time that it's you getting close to his birthday i'm thinking you know, I got to remember to send Logan his text message to stay home. <laughs> you know, yeah. you text me and I like, la- I was like, what? And then I was like, oh yeah, this is 423. <laughs> I was like, what is Lenny talking about? <laughs> and I was like, that's right. Yeah. And you've, you've definitely made it happen every year. So that kudos <laughs> to you, bro. Thanks for having my back. <laughs> what if you look down and go, hey, it's 423. Where's my text? Oh, that old guy, he's not here anymore. <laughs> oh, no, dude. That would not be good. That would not uh, be good. You know, unfortunately, well, that's going to happen to all of us at some point. But I know, right? Yeah, dang it. You got to make the most of it while we're here. Right. Let's just make sure it's a long way down the road. That's right. That's right. Hey, so um, I want to get a little backstory on the recovery and everything you had a shoulder issue. Um, I don't remember if, if it happened um, from a multiple of issues or one big issue. Um, I think it was one big hit, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Like I just had like one, I like cased a jump really hard. I like faced it. I thought I was like, Oh, I can case that safely. Anyways, my shoulder just ended up coming out instead. Like I didn't crash or anything, but that was a bummer. I was like, nah, that's crazy. And then like, um, like it came out like three more times after that, basically. And it was all from riding. And, you know, I tried to, I like gapped it out a month between I did PT for a good four solid weeks and tried to, it probably wasn't enough time, but regardless, I just, I wanted to get it work on. So I didn't have like a bad, uh, attitude about racing like the following year. And like, you know, just cause I would be like, I would be fighting an injury. Like, right now and you know instead i got the surgery and it was good because i was eager to get back at it and just going through the steps of therapy and all that stuff and uh yeah i mean it was it was really good they had me moving my arm like right around like 10 weeks but uh recovery has been awesome i've just been hard at it like uh you know trying to not trying to yeah well yeah trying to man yeah it's not easy to get to make it to the gym every single day and every week and i definitely don't go every day but you know, go as much as I can. And now I've been riding a lot and yeah, no, it's been, uh, it's been good, man. It was, so I was looking, I was thinking about it the other uh, week and I actually ended up doing, uh, I ended up, so from like July 1st to July 1st, I like, I did almost 30 race weekends. So that was, that's quite a bit for me. Like I've never done that many race weekends in one year and like one year's time and i was like holy crap dude i'm usually just racing works and that's like nine rounds maybe 11 rounds like in some of the earlier years but yeah been uh been busy it's been good that, that, that's great to be busy um works isn't the only thing that you focus your time on i've been seeing you in some desert racing results some night race results and the big one is you've been traveling back East and racing with the cross country boys. Yeah. Yeah. I've been getting a little taste of everything. Like, and I even did, uh, the GBC, uh, Heartland, Heartland challenge, the 10 hour Heartland challenge last year with oh, Alex Ortiz. That was so hard. Like the, the two of us, cause like you can have three guys on the team and we split that up at like, directly in half like he might i think he got an extra lap at the end because he got a white flag and had to do another lap but he finished it off that 10 hours but holy cow like that was hard um yeah a lot of racing a lot of seat time a lot of uh, a lot of riding and that's pretty much like this summer like i've been strict on myself like i'm not doing any other races this like from you know till the, when the summer break starts i'm not doing any more races like until you know works in september just because i just I just been building quads and, you know, working and making sure that I've got a practice quad. Cause that's been like one of my biggest, uh, I think that one of my biggest, uh, down, you know, negative factors this year. Like I just haven't had a practice bike until this last month. So uh, I've been practicing a lot and it's been, 
it's been a blast. Yeah. It's been good. Get back with my rhythm makes me, makes me feel like this is like what I do, you know, when I'm riding a lot. So. And and you have a pretty cool place to go riding. It's good. Yeah. dude. Warner Valley, like Warner Valley, Sand Hollow, um, Fort Pierce area, like all of it. It's really good over out here. So yeah. And I just try and ride something different every day, you know, let's, let's, let me ask you this. So I'm fairly familiar with where you ride and the terrain that you ride in. It's more of a desert whoop rock style environment. Mm-hmm. What goes through your mind when you go back East and there's all those trees? No, man. Uh, I've been, uh, been making the joke to tell everybody. I'm all like, man, I feel like every time I come up to a, to some trees that I got to like go between, I like come to a stop pull out a tape measure <laughs> make sure i'm wide it's wide enough and i will go through the trees but it's like holy cow like to hold it pinned through those trees and just to have them going by it so like I'm, I'm still running like stock gearing for the most part out there and it's uh it's all like second third gear stuff you know you'll get in a, in a fourth gear like in some of the open fields but i don't think i might have been I'm sure I've been in fifth year like once. I think I was in fifth year one, but it's not often you're using those top years at all. It's all like second, third year stuff. So it's pretty awesome though, man. All off camber. So the last race, I got to tell you, Mason Dixon, so many off cambers there up in Pennsylvania. Uh, it was going up, downhill, like side hill and like all kinds of stuff. I ended up going up a hill at some point, you know, and I think it was my third lap. And, uh, I, I got a little bit of vertigo. Like I didn't know if I was going up or downhill for like a split second. And I like quickly came to, but I was like, dude, that was crazy. Like I was going up this hill and I wasn't sure if I was going up or down, like, because mm-hmm. it, it was just constantly up and down the whole day. And it was just gnarly because <laughs> I was like two hours in at that point. Yeah, just getting worked. I got, I did not do good at the last one. I got like 40, I think I got like 46 overall or something like that. I was back there, but it's still good though. I mean, top 50 in that PM, uh, that PM race is gnarly, but starting on the second row, that's, you know, kind of falling back quite a bit. So one of those things. The experience you get, I know it's not high speed like you do out here on the West Coast, but the technical form of it, it's just gotta be unbelievable. It has been. And I've been putting so much of that into my practice, like right now, like at home, like I've been just kind of studying these XC one guys and like, you know, and, and, you know, Joel Hetrick too, Chad, we and dude, all these guys, like they're riding so much farther back on the seat than like what I've been doing. And like not on the seat. Cause they're constantly like hovering or standing or, you know, they're just in a squat the whole time. And like, you know, just, and also kind of like, you know, a little, little bit of uh, Jet Lawrence, dude, he's shredding right now. Like a little bit of that's got a crossover. So just kind of observing and doing everything I can on the practice side and everything I've been going out East for has been like super helpful. Like it's definitely been challenging for me to not have a practice squad here because I sent one of my quads out there, you know? So, right. but now I've finally got one like we're building the program here. <laughs> so now I've got one out here and I've got a quad out there and I've got, I'm building a, well, I don't have it yet, but I'm, I have all the parts and I'm getting it together, uh, building the works race quad. So building a new one. So then I'll have all the bikes and I should be next year should be a little bit better if I'm still doing the GNCCs. I just haven't been getting the practice time that I've been wanting, you know, but yeah, it's been good now. Do you think adding um, active training into your schedule where you're, where you're riding more and your physical, I'm not talking physical condition because you're already probably in really good shape, but just the fact that you're on the machine more is going to make a bigger difference for you when you go back there. Yeah. You know, honestly, it would definitely, I think it would help out when I go back out East too, you know, just being on the, on the quad. Um, the setup is totally different though. Uh, I mean, I jump on it though and figure it out. You know, there's times out here where I'm riding my, my works bike, my practice quad. And I'm just like, 
man, this thing does does not turn as fast as the woods bike. Because the woods bike, I've got LTR, uh, I've got like LTR geometry with the Hauser front end, and uh, it's like lower. So they're only they only run like seven inches of ground clearance out there. Wow. So it's pretty low, you know. It makes sense because the thing's so dang narrow, you know. And uh, yeah, it's like all kind. I'm just you know trying to like learn as much as I can every time. And, uh, it's been tough. Cause like, well, you know, it's just everything, you know, racing's hard and that's why I like it. Um, but it's hard to kind of like, know. I don't know what to do, I guess. Yeah. There's no way to know what I'm doing going to each round. So I'm pretty much changing one little thing kind of every time on the quad as I go out there, but I think I'm going to try and get down to, uh, Florida and just ride the quad uh, a little bit in the winter time, but, and then do like a rebuild for, next year like round one and like big buck or something nice so. uh, well you're affiliated with the gbc and they have some really good guys on their group i'm assuming that you've hooked up with some of those guys for a little bit of tutelage and some help oh yeah totally dude i'm i'm bugging johnny gallagher all the time <laughs> and, uh Corey, uh we've gone out and done a couple races now he went we went to horn rapids last year for some quad cross northwest and uh also the heartland challenge uh Corey got me the heartland challenge Corey got me uh got me out to the the gbc tires you know they got me out to the out to the east coast you know they they hauled my machine out there so they, they just had a little bit extra room in the uh the display trailer and uh yeah so he was like yeah this thing's come back out here and it'll just go back out there so we can send your quad out and i was like all right so i brought it brought it home, did the rebuild and then sent it out and it all worked out. Honestly, I almost didn't get it done in time. So I'm glad I was able to get it done. I, I knew I had to, I was like, dude, I can't miss this opportunity. <laughs> right. I mean, it's good yeah. that you get to go experience that. Yeah. I'm stoked, man. Yeah. I, it all, it all came down to the wire too. Cause I actually was, I had a works race the same weekend. It was round two of Delano. So I was getting my works bike ready. And I was getting my woods bike ready because I had to send it out that weekend. And I was all trying to figure out how I'm going to get them both down to California. And I was going to go to the GBC warehouse before I went to works. And yeah, so I just had to figure that out. And basically I just didn't have the room for two quads, like straight up. I was trying to do something, figure it out, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So I had a buddy, uh, my buddy, Michael Coleman hooked me up came down he lives in cedar city and he was still driving down south in the 15 he was leaving a little late i was like dude can you take my works bike to the race like i'll just and i'll just take my woods bike down to gbc and i'll meet you there like midday on friday just for that classified you know and uh and he yeah he was like dude i got you man and he came down that night and grabbed my my work squad and i was so stoked man it's like it's all those little things you know that kind of go together along the way and it's like oh dude yeah it's yeah i guess that's you know a little bit more solidifying that it was uh you know probably meant to be so right so you we know how welcoming we are to racers coming from the east to the west how welcoming were the riders from uh the east welcoming you out there to to, to ride oh so welcoming yeah everyone is so helpful and like just like just stoked out there. Like they live, they live the race life out there. Like I know we do too, but I'm telling you, I mean, they, they definitely take it pretty seriously out there. So, <laughs> um, it's, it's cool. Cause there, there's uh, I think there's a little bit more quad racing just in general out in the, uh, out on the East coast between if you're not racing a national one weekend, you could probably go and race two different local series, like the, the other weekend. And then maybe even, hit a local series on the same weekend as a national, like these guys will do like Saturdays and Sundays kind of thing. And it's like two different series at two different locations on one weekend. It's wild. So yeah, there's just a lot, there's a lot. And I mean, there's, there's uh you know, there's nine-year-olds with better programs than I got out there, you know, so <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, dude. <laughs> it's uh, you know, I've learned, I've learned so much about racing in general though. Like, you know, and like why, why you gotta be in it, you know, why, I mean, you learn a little bit more every year, man, like every single year, you just learn a little bit more along the way. And, you know, as long as you're open ears, you know, and, 
yeah, dude, just going out and hanging out with all the guys. Like we all race quads and everyone's cool. Everyone's cool shit out there. So it's, it's easy to get along with everybody and we all just hang out and have a good time. Like I've met a bunch of people out there and I've been stoked to even and help them out with flex bars too. Like I'm like, heck yeah. Like dude. And there's a lot of bars out there. I was like, okay. Like we've got a lot of handlebars out here. It's pretty good. So yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah it's cool that's a good feeling to just see it out there and uh it's like all right like because you never really know until you go you know it's uh it's still pretty encouraging though because like there's not there's also it would probably got like you know definitely not half you know but because like get you get to that half mark it's like wow dude like between all these different handlebar brands you got half of the field it's like that's pretty gnarly you know so but uh, we got probably good, like thirty percent. I'd say we're creeping up on that thirty percent at least. So I was, I was pretty. Happy. There's a lot, probably a lot of Gen One uh, flex bars out there, which you know kind of makes me cringe a little bit. But uh, <laughs> uh, they're out there though. We got a lot of flex bar pads out there, man. A lot of guys on some fresh stuff and on some new bars, and got latest and greatest, and you know, you know, make sure everything's working good. So yeah, it's cool, cool to see it. So when you send photos back to the boss, it makes him feel better giving you the time off to go back there and race. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he's supportive. It definitely makes him feel better, you know, but regardless, he's, uh, he's supportive and like, he, he let me go out there anyways, you know, like they're, they're all about racing a fast company and, uh, we're, we're all racers there. Like I'm actually going into work late tomorrow. Sorry guys. I know we got a back order, but uh like i don't got parts so we're not building bars right now uh we're not gonna build build be uh building bars until wednesday but the pallet is coming in tomorrow <laughs> but we're, uh, me and casey we're gonna be coming in late a little late tomorrow and uh gonna be riding so uh you kind of got to around here it's it's like 110 degrees out right now and uh <laughs> so you got to get up early get out there at 6 a.m get your motos in uh, we'll, we'll ride probably till like eight and we'd make sure we're in the shop at nine. But so since we work four tens, we're usually in at seven, seven to six, but we'll go in at nine tomorrow. Most of the crew will be there. It's just, you know, we'll just be out and be good. I'll put your moto in or motos in before you go to work. That's gotta be a good feeling. Cause you're getting it in and you're getting it in, in a cooler portion of the day. Oh yeah. Yeah. My thing is that I just like, I'll, and I'll kind of push myself in the heat. You know, I did get super dehydrated this summer, uh, one week and it, I'll tell you that affects you for a couple of weeks. So everybody be careful in the heat. Um, I think for any heat training, I think it's kind of overrated. Like, I mean, if you live, if I, you know, I live in the heat here in St. George and I mean, just like, uh, our boy, Travis Damon, dude, he lives out in the heat and Lake Havasu, like, you don't need to do any heat training when it's hot, you know, like just kind of be, just make sure you're getting outside, you know, and not totally babying yourself in the air conditioning and, and you'll be fine. You know, you know, just make sure you're acclimatized and, you know, not burn yourself out in the heat. Dude, that guy's a beast. I see him carrying beams in the heat. I know it. I know it. I think he like make, I'm like, dude, you gotta be up at like 3am, but that's a tough thing too. Cause like how, how do you get up? You can't almost can't get, get, uh, get up too early because you'd be waking up the neighbors. You know, you can't be out there hammer on houses before 6am, you know? No, you, so, you can swing a hammer until eight in some places. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, kudos to Travis, dude. He, he crushes it. Totally crushes it. Well, I just don't think he's, I don't think the heat affects him really because. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. If, he's, if he's on the start line and it's a hot day, it's like, okay, there's no benefit here. Like he's on the same level. So <laughs> <laughs> he's probably on a gnarlier level because the heat there is just, it blew me away. So last year we went to snowshoe, uh, GNCC. He went, him and Dane went again this year. Uh, I ended up going to Kenny Sanford's wedding. I had, I just did not feel too bad about missing that race. Cause Holy cow, it is so hard on stuff, but <laughs> like, it's like, it's impressive how hard just because the water, you know, all the water just gets everywhere. It's terrible. Anyways, um, yeah, it, it looked like I'm sure it was would have been a good time, but I missed it. I went last year with Travis and Dane. And uh yeah, it blew me away because I got there like on a on a Tuesday night at eleven PM because I left after work. 
And, uh, yeah, I was sweating so bad. I could not stop sweating. And it was like a solid, cause it cools down here when the sun goes down in St. George. I mean, cause we're like, you know, almost 3000 feet. So it actually cools down. It would be like probably mid seventies tomorrow morning, but like in Havasu, I guess. So tra- uh, Travis was telling me at like 4am when he was going to work, he said it was still like 96 degrees out. Like, straight up just does not cool down <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> Dude, that's why the guy's a beast just, yeah total beast yeah yeah i mean crazy, awesome. crazy he's been putting it together too on the speed man yeah so i'm trying to try to step it up here um yeah it's a stiff field yeah braxton Bo, Bo's always been good he always will be you know it's uh yeah i was talking to him the other day where uh he's putting his hybrid back together. So that'll be good to see him messing with that. He ended up putting his, his, uh, TR, like his original motor back in for like the last two races or something like that. Well, so with a little bit of TLC and some, some good help, he'll be able to get that hybrid going, you know, yeah. Damon adapted to that Yamaha pretty damn fast. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He definitely did for sure. It's the Yamaha is a good machine, man. I think it's, uh, I think it makes it easier to ride when you get on. It makes it easy to not like easy to ride, but it's just such a good quad that the machine works so well. You know, I, I think that it's something that kind of, you know, it comes a little more natural. Maybe he was good on the TRX too. And he got on it though. So Travis is, he's just good, but, um, yeah, the YFZ was definitely a good machine. When I, when I got, you know, my carbureted YFZ was really good too. And I had it, but the day I got on my uh, 2014 YFZ for 50 R, that thing was, it was next level with stock suspension. I was like, wow. I'm like, okay, this thing, she, uh, she gets it. So uh, I was, we've been talking a lot to the motorcycle guys or the motocross guys back East about um, the stock class and doing things to help uh, promote the, growth of the industry by not allowing too much modification in the beginning classes. I want to ask you straight up, what about putting a Saturday stock race or a Sunday stock class race and that you guys race on Saturday in the pro class and then put together a stock pro class so that everybody could run a stock machine um, just like they would do in the motor like they used to do in the motocross yeah they used to do it at atv nationals huh they stopped and 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 promote a manufacturer's cup at works um do you think the pro guys would want to participate in something like that or do you think you could build interest i know that there would have to be a purse for it to get right but you know that would be the only thing i think otherwise i'm sure I'm sure Bo would race it. And if Bo's racing it, I mean, I think we'd all kind of line up <laughs> at that point, you know? Um, I think it would be good. I think it would definitely be good. It probably, I think it would be, if it wouldn't, you know, the, the open class is definitely going to be more, it'll be more, uh, I think it'll be, it'll stay the same, you know? I don't think anybody would move from uh, from the open class to the stock class, but like, you know, you just hope that you get the same amount of guys in the stock class as you do in the in that, you know, open pro class for sure. But it would be good. It would definitely be more riding. I'd be down. I think that, you know, throwing out a, a 50 minute pro stock race on Sunday. Yeah, I was say 50 minutes because not an hour and a half on stock suspension, man. That would be gnarly. Yeah, you can even make it a 45 minute race. I mean, <laughs> just, just, half hour. Half hour. Come on now. now. (laughs) But I think I think you know nerf bars and a kill switch. There you go. Have fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, some bars. Yeah, got bars, tires. You know, um, got. I think you have to have a stock stem. Is that what they were doing in HV Nationals to get a stock stem? You know, I think that you're really. Um, need to look at the limitations on the that and sit down with a. I would think that you know, you and Bo and Travis and uh Kenny and and Cody and and uh Braxton would sit down and maybe some other people, you know, with Randy and everybody and and 
form like a meeting to just sit down and just hash out the rules right there. Boom. You know, mm -hmm. lock it in so that this is what you can do. This is what you can't do and tech the bike. And there you go. I know it's difficult on the motors where they would say what you can do and what you can't do, but you're not going to seal them. You're going to have, there's going to be a trust-based portion to it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll kind of turn into that. You know what I mean? I mean yeah, a little bit. Of if you get somebody that's normally a fifth place guy and he comes out there and drives away from everybody on the straightaway, obviously he's freaking cheating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be, that would actually be pretty interesting though. I mean, that could, that could pull out some different, uh, could pull out some different leaders there, you know, on stock bikes, I guess, maybe I think it could. I think it would be fantastic because you can It'd still, you could still race a stock Honda in that environment. The stock Yamaha is going to be a little hampered being so much lower in the off-road. But mm. what I mean, you told the Yamaha freaking works. So it, it would be okay. Your wire. It does. I actually rode the stock. Uh, I actually rode the stock YFZ. I built a, I built a YFZ with stock suspension and I rode it twice. And um, yeah, it, it actually ripped. I was like, wow, dude. I was like, cause it, I like didn't do anything different with the motor. I built the motor and had it all like dialed how I would with my normal practice bike. And uh, I put some stock, uh, stock suspension on it and I was like pretty impressed. So I was like, dang, this is, I haven't rode stock suspension. That was this year. And I it hadn't been since 2014 that I rode with the stock suspension when I first got the quad because I got Elka stage fives stock travel stuff like right from the get go because I knew I wanted to race. I was like, dude, I have to at least get shocks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> so I got to do something. And that was good. I ran that all the way through Pro-Am, you know? Um, and yeah, but the stock suspension, I was pretty impressed. I was definitely pretty impressed with the stock shocks. I was like, dang, it's pretty good. Yeah. So it's something that everything's got to be done to promote and to move the sport forward. And that it, it's something that we've been having conversations with the guys on the, on the East coast and the ATV MX, the, the conversations came up multiple times. Plus we do a show on Sunday morning um, live on YouTube. And it's basically a talk show talking about, the different things that go on in multiple different motorsports environments, but really been hitting it hard on the growth of the ATV industry and what we can do with promoters, what we can do with manufacturers, what we can do with the industry, people such as yourself to say, Hey, this is what we need. And let's sit down with the manufacturers and go, Hey, this is what we need. Help us out. And in your situation, my situation, if the manufacturers, if a second manufacturer is going to come in and build a machine, there's got to be interested. People are going to have to go buy it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It, was, it just seems like I think it would be good. Like the racers would buy them for sure. You know, and I'm seeing a lot. So like, I mean, just being out here at Warner and San Hollow all the time, like I see a lot of people riding quads now and I'm pretty stoked on it. I'm like, dude, heck yeah. Like, taking the quads out, got their 400 EXs out there, got their, you know, Polaris scramblers and, you know, all these old quads. I've seen some Yamaha uh, Banshees, seen some good stuff out there, you know, and I'm just like, all right, you know, I'm stoked that these people are, you know, either, you know, dusting them off or they're going and buying some used units, you know, going and riding, like actually riding, like I'll tell you what, it drives me crazy when people, people tell me that they're going riding. And they're jumping in a side-by-side -side, going out in the desert for the day. It's like, you are not riding anything. You are driving. <laughs> but, you're sitting in the pasture. you doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's no riding happening right now. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it's good to see people out on their, on their quads, uh, seeing guys out on their dirt bikes too, you know. Uh, but honestly, like out here, especially like, I don't know, just out here, I've definitely been seeing more more quads than I have dirt bikes. I'll see more dirt bike guys in the morning for sure. The, you know, the dedicated, the dedicated racers out there, like got to get their seat time. But, um, for the most part, like there's a lot of quad guys out here recreationally. It's pretty cool. And, and since the, whatever you want to call the, uh, hiccup we had in 
2020, 2021. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, how, however you want to categorize that. Yeah. I think the ATV industry has, has had a huge upswing. Yeah, I think it has, you know, a lot of people have been getting out and, you know, and things have been getting a little bit more expensive. I think the side-by-side industry is going to kind of, you know, it's going to kind of go and cater to a different, uh, you know, a different class per se, you know, it's, they're getting so expensive now. They're like 40 grand, you know, out the door, 35,000, you know, it's like, this is, you know, like this is a lot of money now, you know, like going and buying a used quad doesn't sound so bad, you know, to be able to take the kids out and go camping for the weekend and stuff like that. I think, I think it actually would be a good time for the manufacturers to bring out their quads and, uh, and get it done now. Like now that we're talking about it, like, it's a cheaper, it's a little bit cheaper, more affordable market, you know? So I think it would also help out the sport all around. I mean, if we had some manufacturers getting in here on some four fifties, like racing would definitely, I mean, they would, they would want, you know, racers on them. So yeah. Well, your recreational interest is going to peak too. What do you think of a rule change for uh, 2023 allowing the hybrid um, into works in the pro class? Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, it's cool and all like, um, I certainly don't have the budget to do it. And I don't really know that I want to like spend the budget on building a hybrid quad. Like just because like, it's going to be more fabricated parts. It's going to be more custom stuff, one-off stuff, like one-off stuff to me, sounds like it's harder to get. <laughs> and it's going to cost more money. And, uh, yeah, I just, um, I don't know. And it, and it's a design that hasn't really been like tested. I mean, some of them are really good though. You know, I mean, if you can, if you can hang on to that thing, but you know, you know, maybe Bo's looking for something a little bit more with that, with that hybrid. And he was telling me that that motor, he's all like, dude, that motor blows me away. He's like, it just keeps pulling and fifth gear. It just goes, it just keeps going fast. I'm like, that's intense, dude. And like, it's crazy to hear that from him too, because his <clears throat> momentum that he carries like all around the track and like, that's what it is, you know, like that's, that's such a big part of it. I feel like, like if I, I need to figure out, I definitely don't need a big motor. That's for sure. Cause I need to be able to figure out how I'm going to be carrying momentum through, you know, the corners and through the sections so that the quads settled correctly and working. I still got some learning to do. So I don't know if it's worth spending the money on it, but um, I mean, it's cool. You know, I don't know that it's really like, I don't know that it's like totally necessary, but I mean, I mean, if you want to give it a go, give it a go, but I'm going to stick with my, production Yamaha YZ 50R and it's going to make it every round. So do you think that them going away from the production hurts Yamaha? Yeah, it probably does. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, you know, kind of motivating these Honda guys, you know, like, Hey, like, you know, let's keep running these things. Let's put a, you know, 22 CRF, 450 in there. It's like, dude, why don't you just go get a Yamaha? <laughs> you can go get a new quad, start fresh. You know, I could, I, I would be going crazy. If my oldest quad right now is a 2017 and like, you know, and you know, I, you know, I ride them a lot for sure, put a lot of time on, but I would be going nuts if I had to be rebuilding like some old quad, it would for sure have to be a garage find and like something fresh, you know? And like, those are just getting harder to come by for those guys. I get that they got them though. I mean, I wouldn't want to switch either. You know, if there was a new, if Yamaha came out with a new machine and it was like that much better, it's like, Oh crap. Like now I got to rebuy everything. Like <laughs> I'd probably stick with my old, my old wives, the So who knows? <laughs> well, one of the reasons yeah. the conversation about the hybrids comes up is I was talking to Mike Walsh about a 250 hybrid pro class. Okay. Yeah, sure. That would be sick. 250 class, 250 hybrids. Let's go. 252 strokes. Oh, that'd be cool. 252 stroke, 252 stroke. See, I feel like a two stroke in the YZR chassis would be rad. Well, the YZ 250 
Um, that your yeah. biggest problem with the YZ250 is it's not counterbalanced. Um, you, you'd probably make it like a oh. instead of a 250 class, you'd probably make it a 300 class because KTM's got the two-stroke 300. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All your aftermarket TRX 250Rs, you can make them 300s. Yeah, and you want a little more umph with the quad, you know, a little more weight. You're moving around, and you can build a complete 250R aftermarket. That's true. So that is true. He was all into it because that, you know, I'm not necessarily a uh, <clears throat> fan of a specific manufacturer, but they make this 300 carbureted motorcycle and fuel injected, and there's not a person I've ever heard any say anything negative about it, whether they're writing articles about it or whether they're talking about riding it. So when, when Mike built this thing, I couldn't wait to talk to him about it. And he freaking he's in love with it. He thinks it's awesome. He's still there. Logan. He lost me. Yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. No, I think we're good. I think we're good. I was hearing, I was hearing what you were saying. It was, uh, so he was, what was he wanted? I'm so sorry. Customer, well, like he, I, built it, he built it for a customer and they, yes, 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 yes. You know, and it, it hasn't made it to, I don't think it's made it to the track yet, but that's their intention is to race it in the XC. We're having little technical difficulties at the moment. I think it's a microwave. <laughs> Somebody's using the microwave. My internet is so bad here. I think it's. I think it uh, that made all the difference just now. When that just when that. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling you the other week, dude. I feel like we should have these phones figured out by now. How long's it been? When was the first cell phone? <laughs> like oh three. <laughs> yeah holy cow <laughs> yeah microwaves off we're good so do you think that works would ever be able to <laughs> sorry <laughs> do you think works would ever be able to go to a pro program a pro program what do you what do you mean by that so oh, like just only pro races or something so you'd take your pro race atv pros and run like you know the normal pro class, then a stock pro class, and then maybe adding a, a, a two-stroke pro class, and and running a pro event on Saturdays, and then running your oh. on Sundays. I mean, yeah. I mean, if they structured it that way, I mean, sure. You know, I see. I don't see why not. You know, I think that. Uh, I think we'd still get a good turnout, you know, as long as we're, as long as all the guys in the pro class are down to do all that riding. Cause, um, you know, I just, you know, and we, and we, as long as we all have the bikes too, I would say that would have to be the thing. Cause I just know that not all of us have that, but cause it is, you know, cause we're also their customers and we got to fill those seats, you know, on the, on the, those, uh, fill those gates, you know? So it's, uh, well, it's, it's not, all you guys, there would probably be other guys that would come in and race the two-stroke class. Maybe some of you guys would come in and do it, but you would if want you to bring, East Coast guys to come out. Heck yep. yeah. It you'd would be to, good. You'd want to bring all of your your pro-am racers. You'd bring them into the pro class in the stock class. Oh yeah. So yeah, you okay. necessarily put them in the 450 class to race pro-amp you put them in the stock class and you know let them race that for a year while they're racing in their a classes on sunday and developing that way and then let them jump into the pro class when they, when they when they elevate that would actually be really good too it could be good I, you know, it's all, it's all definitely, I mean, however, however it's structured, as long as they're getting the entries, like I totally see it, you know, being, being doable hundred percent. Um, yeah. And I'd say, yeah, was like, yeah. Hopefully we get some East coast guys to come out and do some more riding, man. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
ain't trying to put him on the uh, on the spot, but old John Glotta hit me up uh, last this week. Yeah, he's like, hey, dude, he was he was hitting me up. He wants to come back out. And I was like, dude, I'm so bummed. Like, I hate to say it, but <laughs> if you're going to come out here, you got to miss a GNCC because uh, they're all going to be the same weekends, these last three rounds. So um, I was going to do Ironman, but I guess works ended up rescheduling uh, the prim round. Um, so I don't know what the deal was, but yeah, we're going to be racing the last round in October now. So same weekend as Ironman. So that's what it is. That sucks. Yeah. I told him, I'm like, dude, come out here in, uh, January and February, bro. I don't think they get started up till like March or like late February. So if he's got some time, we'll be sick. If he came out earlier in the season. I think we got Honolulu Hills, uh, for round one. And then let's see round two is going to be prim. I don't know. I don't know what's next after that. Oh yeah. E street. Isn't it have a suit? Northern California. Isn't it have a suit third? Yeah. No, nah, uh, I don't know. Honestly, I'm not too sure. But you know, I know the first two. I was telling John, I'm like, bro, you need to get out here. Like, that's gonna be, it would be sick. We'd be stoked. He did good at the at frame. Like him and Walker. I don't know how the start went, uh, but uh, I know Walker got out front and maybe John was like kind of tucked in behind him. And yeah, they were, I mean, he wasn't far behind Walker, you know, and he got the second place. So Pretty cool. I heard a little birdie on in in the chat talking about coming out. Um, so I know that I know that there's there's talk of people coming out, not from the cross country world. So that was sick. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be awesome, man. Yeah, I'll be pumped for more of them to come out and do some riding with some different guys too, you know, key off of them, figured, I mean. You got nothing but learning to do, that's for sure, over here. So uh, I'm stoked to try and key off those guys for a few corners at least. <laughs> so uh, I want you, if you would do me this favor, to hit John up. I've messaged him social media and everything. I'd love to have him on the show because he's really okay. different. He's fast cross country. He does well in the motocross. Um, I believe a couple times he's got top 10 or if not top 10, really close. 12. I think he's top 10. I think he's top 10 pretty consistently. I, I think one of them, he was outside the top 10 and he wasn't stoked on it because he's been in the top 10. Right. But like, yeah, he's been, he's been like, he's been there. He's definitely doing good. Like it's, I'm like, I'm pumped for him. It's sick to see him doing all the different stuff. He was freaking sending this big jump in his story the other day. I was like, holy cow, dude. Because <laughs> those jumps at those national tracks are no joke. Like, they're so big. You know, we had this we had this triple that was like do or die at works, like at the last race. And like, I knew we could do it. I'm just like, dude, I'm freaking hitting this thing. Like, and I'm just like, I just don't want to hit it first. So <laughs> it was because it was tough. It was like a straightaway. And you had plenty of time for the jump. And it was a short, it was like a short, pretty uh, steep faced jump. And like, it just got you a bunch of height and the landing was peaked. It was like kind of like a super cross triple, but it was like, there was a long straightaway before it. So it was super hard to time because you could OJ the crap out of it. And like, there was a jump afterwards. So you had to time it right because you could land in the face of the next jump. And anyways, I followed Bo off of it and we cleaned it. And it was, and it was tricky, but it was the funnest part of the track the whole weekend, but those jumps out of the nationals make that thing look like nothing is like, Holy crap. These jumps are next level. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Be cool. To, uh, it was cool to see those, uh, <clears throat> see uh, Max Linquist uh, eat up that, uh, Waybo's challenge that, uh, we had at, uh, not like the actual Waybo's challenge, but they built up the Waybo's challenge jumps at prim. And right. we ended up using it as the pro section and like we had to go through there without a sight lap, you know, or anything. And yeah, like he is, he went through there. No problem. I was like, dang dude, that was sick. Like just comfortable jumping, you know, did you see his hands at the end of that race? They were chewed up. Yeah. I was like, dang. I'm like, I'm glad my hands didn't get like that. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> he told me, he, he goes, I'm three quarters of the way on lap lap one and i knew i had a problem yeah oh yeah <laughs> right away that's gnarly so he kept a good pace that whole race with his hands like that 
Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. That's really impressive. I mean, my hands got pretty chewed up at Camp Coker uh, this year at GNCC. And it's, again, just because I haven't been practicing, I've just been going to races, which it is not the way to do it, guys. Trust me, it's not the way because you're just, you know, it's like a shock to the system every time you go to the racetrack. And, uh, but yeah, my hands got soft because I wasn't riding regularly. And like, I was like feeling them get softer as the year went on. And, and like, I, when was Camp Coker? Was that like March or April or something? May. I think it was May. And then anyways, I was like, dude, my hands are going to get ripped today. And they did. I was like, man, that's a bummer. And they totally, I basically like ripped my palm off. So not as bad as Max. So his were, his were rough. But I know that, that prim chop, dude. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and he had told me he softened the suspension. He goes, oh, that's going to be just fine. No problem. And he goes, no. Nah. Yeah, probably still so stiff. Yeah. He was way too stiff. And I listened to Walker talk about, um, well, I went soft, and then we went really soft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him and uh, him and Mark. Well, not Walker, but Mark was in in my garage uh, changing changing uh, Walker shocks. Uh, when was that? Wednesday night before that works race because they were staying at Corey's house, and he's right down the street from me. So. Yeah, helped him uh helped him uh beat us all, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> hey, you know what? They were gonna figure it out anyways, trust me. <laughs> you know, you take Mark Notman and and Beans, and I don't want to toot anybody's horn, you know, other than myself, you know, being a race mechanic and all, but Mark Notman is a seven-time champ with Walker Fowler. Yes. He's been number two. Uh, a couple times and, and he has other guys that have ran in the top five, you know, that he's building the machines. So this guy is no slouch, no slouch as a mechanic. And y- you have to tip your hat to the guy. Yes. Super knowledgeable. Yes. Yeah. He's, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Huge fan. Uh, lucky to call him a friend now. Um, yeah. He's yeah. Mark is awesome, man. He, uh, and like, I was just going to say too, like, He'd have been doing those things and he would have been doing those front shocks in the bed of his truck with his hands without a vice. <laughs> if he had to, he was going to get those shocks done for Walker. So it was awesome. You know, I was like, dude, like, heck yeah, man. I was pumped. I was able to help him because he's been helping me so much out on the East coast. I'm like, yes. I'm like, yeah, dude, come over here. I got a vice and I got nitrogen. <laughs> And he's like happy, dude. yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was stoked. You know how that is, though. You know, it's like, man, like, dude, he's always helping me out. And then I just got the, I was just, I had that opportunity. I was like, dude, I was pumped. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I am hoping that that we can get this show mobile so that we can start bouncing around more and going to more stuff because not not being at the races, you know. I mean, I I, I traveled for a long time, dude, and, and yeah, not be there. Um, it is really hard. I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah. I'll bet. That's definitely tough. Like, I mean, and just, I mean, just, uh, you know, hearing what you're saying right now, like, and like, just, and not going, just missing like a round or two from like an injury. It's like, dude, why am I home this weekend? It's like, this is whack. And then like, I'm sure, especially after it's been a lot of weekends for you now, like me just, you know, going out to GNCC and, you know, talking to some people and like here and there, like over the years, I'm like, Oh, okay. Like you kind of get an idea. You think you get an idea of what's going on out there, you know, and what's happening at the races, but you just have no idea until you're there. Like, cause it's just, I don't know. It seems like every round months change, new people come in, you know, like it's, it's kind of wild right now. It works. Like it is a totally different, it's a totally different crowd from like uh not totally different but like we've got our core guys you know we've kind of been in it. obviously everyone in the pro class like we've been working so hard for so long you know like we've been there for a while you know but yeah like everyone like there's a lot of a lot of people that you know they've only been racing for about three four years you know and it's like dude it's awesome to see and like a lot of first years too like this is my first year racing i'm like dude that's so sick i'm so pumped for him like I just try, you know, like try to keep them motivated and I do like, you know, this is, yeah, this is what it's about, man. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see, you know, it's so cool to see. 
It, it really is. And, and, you know, on the other side, the home husbands, you know, that have been home for, you know, the last 30 years when I've been out doing my thing, having fun, you know, hanging out with you guys at the races. I, I ask the guys that I know that have, that don't have, have never traveled, they, you know, this is their life. And I go, so this is what you do. You take care of the house and you do these things. And he goes, yeah, this is what we do. And I'm like, wow. Man. I really wasn't missing anything. I need to go back to the races. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd probably, I'd probably save I'd be saving a lot of money for sure. But I mean, dude, I feel like I'd be spending it anyways, you know, somehow, some way, probably be in a, in a truck or something like, dude, it's a good hobby. And like, I love it. Like I'm gonna keep doing it. It keeps me working hard, gives me purpose on a daily basis, you know, gives you something to work for. Like you got to give yourself purpose. Like, you know, I think that that's what a lot of people are looking for, you know, like a lot, a lot of people don't find their purpose. Like, and not to say that in a bad way, but like, it's just a thing. A lot of people don't always find their purpose in life until maybe later or, you know, and I feel like this is my purpose. (laughs) It's pretty good. I'm fitting in pretty. All right. I'm making it my purpose. You know what I mean? So, um, I think it's, you know, you just, yeah, you just, as long as you're working hard at whatever you're doing, like whatever's your jam, it might be canoeing. It might be hiking. It might go be, you know, you know, taking photos of flowers and stuff like whatever it is, just go and absolutely crush it and, you know, do the best that you can, you know, as long yeah, you got to have a hobby. Yeah. Don't just be cleaning the house. Don't be just fixing some pipelines some plumbing, doing some yard work, unless that's your passion. I mean, yeah, sure. Go do some yard work. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is, dude, just freaking work hard. Give yourself some purpose. That's where I'm at. <laughs> that is not my passion. That is not what I want to do. I want to, I want to go to the races. I want to work on ATVs. And yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think that most people realize how addictive ATV racing really is. Oh, it's a slippery slope. Uh, I think, you know, you know, as, as pros and just people in the industry, like that are working in the industry, making it all happen, you know, it's, this stuff needs to get brought to the light. So others can hear about it. They know what's going on behind the scenes. They know what goes into it. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of hard work and passion and, you know, a lot of, a lot of times that's overlooked. So uh, it's good for people to get to listen, man. Well, not everybody knows where you've been and what you've got to do because not everybody gets to follow and see where you're going. Your works people know it works, but they may not catch right. that you go back to the XCs. They may not catch that you got to go to the GBC race. But you know, uh, we like to tell your story. But I don't want I don't want to be the guy writing your story for you. I want you to tell your story and uh, let everybody see how passionate you are about the ATV industry. Yeah, it makes it so easy to come on here and do that, man. Yeah. So yeah. You- yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, brother. No, brother, it's my pleasure. It's always my pleasure and my honor. Brother, I will be in touch. with The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. If you're in need of a consultation for your current racing program, a custom ATV, or an industry guest speaker, I have the company for you. Duncan Technologies International Inc. offers host, MC, and guest speaking services at events, builds custom ATVs for recreational riding or racing around the world, and they offer consulting services for professional teams or individual racers. Send inquiries to duncantechinternational at gmail.com or call 619-716-1532 for more information. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. 
If you did, don't forget to share us with your family and friends. The podcast is available on all streaming platforms, and you can find us on social media as ATV Talk Podcast. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Rumble, and Twitter. 